Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Woodstock, Georgia, it's time for Cherokee Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Welcome to this very special edition of Cherokee Business Radio. Stone Payton here with you this morning. And today's episode is brought to you in part by Beckshot Video and Photography. Of course, they specialize in real estate and architectural video and photography. Reach out to talk with Randall Beck at info at beckshot.com or give him a call at 516-509-6943 and tell him Stone sent you. You guys are in for a real treat this morning. It's our first broadcast of 2022. It's our special design series. And we have with us President and CEO of CDH Partners, Miss Melissa Cantrell. How are you? I am great. Thanks for having me here, Stone. Well, it's absolutely my pleasure. And of course, we owe a debt of gratitude to uh, Courtney Chand. Is that the right? Is about saying that right? <laughs> Chantry. All right. We owe a debt of gratitude to, to Courtney because she's the one that coordinated this thing and put this thing together. But I've been looking forward to this for weeks. You're the president and CEO of CDH Partners. Uh, tell us a little bit of mission, purpose. What, what are you out there trying to do for folks? Yeah, absolutely. So we are an architecture and interior design firm located in Atlanta, Georgia. We specialize in health, healthcare facilities, education, worship, and then also live work, which is corporate um, and some light industrial projects. Um, we were established in 77. Um, and when I, you were five. Well, I, <laughs> thank you. I was three. <laughs> See, I called home again. Yeah, you did good. <laughs> um, but I, over the years have just um, allowed the company to grow and mature. Um, we have a great legacy that we carry with us and looking forward to a tremendous future. So how does one find themselves in the position of president and CEO of a, a, a firm like this. Tell us a little bit about the backstory in the path. Sure. Um, well, um, for me, I became an architect because of a long history. There, I, the family legend has it that we're related to Buckminster Fuller. And I don't know who, who all out there knows who Buckminster Fuller is, but he developed the geodesic dome. So I grew up as a young child hearing about Buckminster Fuller and these amazing structures that he created. Mm. Um, but I also had a tremendous influence um, from my mother. So not only is architecture and engineering in my blood, but my mother was a residential builder um, huh. during the, the 80s, which was really unusual at that point in time um, to, to have a, women, a woman in construction, much less to own her own construction company. Yeah. So I grew up on the job site, um, stepped on many nails over the years. <laughs> um, so I, I carry my scars with me. But that's really what allowed me to develop my love for the built environment. So growing into that, knowing that from a young age, I wanted to be an architect because I knew construction wasn't for me. Um, <laughs> That's the value of experience like that, is. right? I knew I didn't want to be a school teacher. That's I didn't know what I was going to be, but I wasn't going to be a basketball coach or a school teacher. There you go. <laughs> um, but really knowing that I wanted to make an impact um, and architecture was a way for me to do that. Uh, so went to Georgia Tech. Grew through the program there, um, graduated, and I was looking for a company that was going to allow me to fulfill my ambition and my desire to make that impact in our society and our communities. 
um, talked to many firms, but CDH really encompassed everything that I was looking for. The, the company itself was very family-oriented. Um, all the market sectors uh, are ones in which we touch human lives. We impact them. Hmm. Um, healthcare, we, we you know, heal the, the body. Um, worship, we heal the mind and spirit. And then in education, we really begin to develop the, the young souls that are going to really drive our societies moving forward. And then even within our corporate environments, I mean, think about everything that you're experiencing in this studio today. It, the, the acoustics, the, the lighting, everything impacts yeah. the way you thrive in your environment, in your business. So that really um, spoke to me. Uh, so developing within the company as a young intern, watching the ups and the downs and the ebbs and the flows of the market and our communities really just began to build in me. Um, and I began to take on more leadership roles within the company and here I am. Voila, here you are. Here I am. (laughs) So what we do some work and you may be aware of this. We do ATDC radio. Uh, we haven't been down there in a while with all the COVID craziness and all that. We've done some virtual stuff. We've continued to do that, but with their accelerator, Program. So we've gotten to know a few folks in that in that Georgia Tech world. What is it about Georgia Tech that is that produces such marvelous, successful, not just talent, but it seems like the people that I've had the good fortune of of getting to know over the years that come from that um, ecosystem, they just they're very invested in the community, in the business community, the community at large. Most they're all everyone I've met is very successful, but they're. They're very committed to this this impact you yeah. speak of, aren't they? That we really are, and I, I say we because I do feel that um, the College of Architecture, specifically with the Im- influence um, and emphasis on social impact, uh-huh. um, but across the board, I mean, we're we're trained, we're taught the the technical nuances of our specialties. But we're also taught that everything we do has that impact. And we're taught different ways to contribute to our communities, whether that's in our businesses, within political aspirations, or, or even within the, the social giving that we're, we're trained to participate in. So what do you like the most? Well, let me back up. What did you like most about the... I don't even know what to call it, the rank and file work of being an architect, I guess. And then what do you like most about what you're doing now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, What did I like most about the rank and file would probably be um, touching those individuals, working with our clients to to really establish what is their vision for what they look for at the end of the project. So they come to us with ideas. They don't know really how to, what that looks like. And to be able to take those thoughts and the the aspirations that they have for, for those spaces and carve and shape it into something that really begins to establish their work environments or their their learning environments, their worship environments for the next 50 years. Yeah. And then to see them the day that that facility opens – um, especially mm. the the students, the kids, when the doors open and they flood the space and just the oohs and ahs and the tears and the joy that they feel, especially in disadvantaged areas mm. um, where mm. schools are their safe place or worship facilities are their home um, or even where the healthcare facilities really 
heal not just their bodies, but their families is just so impactful. Um, and that is what brings me to work every day. It's what drives me to, to do more and to do better. Um, and then for me and my role today, um, it's seeing that not just with any one particular market sector, my focus, my specialty is education. Huh. Um, but to see as, a, as the CEO and president to have that influence over all of our market sectors um, is really impactful. And to, to be able to develop the leaders um, within our firm um, and the leaders in our communities is, is really um, soul-fulfilling. The skill sets, um, it, it, this happens to me a lot. I, I get uh, surprised more than I should. <laughs> but I'm always surprised at people who have ex- extreme uh, technical competence in whatever their craft is. And then I find that that is um, – there's so much more that is required to that has brought them to where they are. Uh, I've seen that in other domains, people who um, to, who manage wealth, uh, people who who help you organize businesses, and it's a, it's occurring to me. I have to confess, it, I didn't think of it that in in your line of work, yes, there's the technical competence because there must be a thousand and one things that you should take into consideration if you're trying to create an environment that's conducive to educating a child. But there's also this whole other side of things that you're talking about to bring whomever's vision to the to the for that <laughs> the for well maybe do individuals often possess both or is it a matter of finding individuals that possess one or the other and putting them together? So what we look for in our talent is those individuals who have those technical competencies, which I'll be honest with you. That's a given um, for for that's me, like table stakes. It's table stakes. Oh my! It, it really is. Right, you you got to have that, right? That, right. Um, but when we look for um, employees, whether they're in the production realm where they're going to be working with our clients, or even in our operational aspects, like Courtney here, we're looking for individuals that seek a higher purpose, mm. um, where what we do means more than just creating a building because um, we have people we do have the the more technically geared individuals where that is their love and their passion and we need them right um, but the the individuals that are really going to take our firm and our buildings our projects and our clients to that next level are those individuals that have that passion and that desire to to make an impact to bring a building to a higher level. Um, and to provide spaces that are really going to drive success for our clients. So the recruiting and development for you um, is, is critical. I, I mean, recruiting people that fit that fit those characteristics, and then keeping them um, engaged, motivated. Right? I mean, this is this is part of your job. It yeah? is. It is. Um, and that's been a huge part of the last few years for us. Um, so I became president in 2019 and we went through a series of changes, not to mention this pandemic that we live in oh, yeah, that yeah. really um, actually in many ways escalated um, or expedited what my vision for the company was moving forward, allowing us to have a hybrid work environment, allowing us to 
provide more transparency um, to keep our employees engaged, which was admittedly relatively difficult in the the pandemic. Um, But we were one of the first in the industry to bring our employees back in a safe working environment a couple days a week um, while allowing them to work in a hybrid environment outside of that. And we've continued that. Um, But we've also brought back different opportunities within our organizational structure to to drive that engagement and to keep them involved and motivated and together. So am I just being old-fashioned, uninformed, or is my instinct right? Is it still at this point a little unusual to have a, a female in a position of this high leadership in this arena, this architectural it, it really is. Um, okay. So there's only 50% of the, the graduates from architecture programs are women. Okay. Only 20% of those are licensed professionals, and only 17% of our industry are actually executives or principals oh. uh, in leadership positions in architecture. It is a very in, unusual situation to have a female in a leadership position. But I do believe that that actually allows us to position ourselves um, even better with our clients right. and within the industry, not because I'm a woman, not because of any, you know, of the WBE, although that does allow us some some opportunities within the mm-hmm. federal arena. But really because I think as women, we manage differently. Um, we, we try to be more engaged. We're more connected. Um, and um, for myself, it really allows me um, to connect with my employees a bit better and with the team. Um, I try not to look at it as a hierarchy, but more as a unified approach. Um, we do have a leadership team, which actually is more than 50% women, and we're wow. more than 50% women-owned as well um, across our, our shareholder. Um, so we're we're very proud of that fact. Um, our clients like that. Um, it, it connects with them as well um, and allows us to provide more diversity within our approach. As you were speaking, I was thinking Business Radio X, the the brains of the outfit, Holly Payton, my wife, <laughs> Abby Cantor, my business partner's wife. <laughs> we need to formalize that probably because we're like 100% as far as brain work run by women. There you go. <laughs> and Lee and I do the fun stuff, right? We come into the studio and chat with you guys and that kind of thing or go out and do these conferences and trade shows and stuff. Uh, but make no mistake about it. If, you, is there, if there's anything you like about the Business Radio X Network, you can thank our... <laughs> Abby and, and, and Holly. So, so you spoke to, uh, about change a few moments ago. Um, tell us a little bit more about what have you learned or discovered or has surprised you about managing an organization through changes like that? Wow. Um, that's a loaded question. <laughs> uh, when I, when I took the, the, position in July of 19, I had no idea what I was in for. Um, you know, be, the pandemic aside, just the leadership of the the firm itself, um, looking at um, how we as architects, because um, we are a creative group, um, which also uh, means that we are also a bit more emotional and emotionally engaged than than other industries might be. Um, very, as I mentioned, very passionate about what we do and. The, the company itself, the way we're structured within the market sectors, um, somewhat siloed us. And 
over the last two years, I've taken a, treme- a tremendous focus on de-siloing, of pulling our leadership team together, pulling our studios together, and creating opportunities for each of them to have their own identity as subject matter experts, but for all of us to also learn uh, from the synergies of those market sectors and allow that subject matter expertise to flow into other arenas. Um, For instance, looking at how our worship centers are structured for children's ministries and using some of what we've learned from Mm -hmm. the higher education or the the K-12 market to bring that synergy into it. Or for healthcare, bringing our expertise there into our higher ed world um, to begin to inform spaces for the the health sciences industries or markets. So really looking at how those different markets, that knowledge, that expertise, those skill sets can drive the business and make us more um, impactful for our clients and for their projects. Well, well, I am curious to to understand how the whole sales and marketing thing works for a firm like yours, but I got to believe, I got to believe that um, having this, this knowledge and experience base of having designed these spaces, that must really carry a lot of weight in the process. Yeah, but how does the whole sales and marketing thing work for you guys? It's all relationships. Mm. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's just, it's the same as business to business. Um, you know, how you market there, it's, it's just about relationships. Developing interpersonal <clears throat> connections with people like yourself, um, who maybe one day you want to build your own studio. Right. Um, uh, or, I do, incidentally. Awesome. Well, remember <laughs> CDH Partners. <laughs> All right, you got it. Um, but working with our clients, I mean, the path to a project may take years hmm. um, to develop to develop that that connection with that individual um, or that business um, to really define what's important to them and to their industries, find out what their pain points are, and work on solutions to solve those. That's what drives us to get that next project. Um, Our understanding and our mutual respect for our businesses is really the key to success when it comes to that. It's amazing. I can't draw a stick figure, as my wife knows. She teaches art classes on the side of, you know, she's got her first uh, watercolor painting class. She's incredibly artistic. I, I couldn't draw a square if I had to, but I'm from the professional services world. A long, long time ago when I had black hair, um, you know, <laughs> it, it's something closer to a real, I come from the professional services, the consulting, training, speaking world. And what you're describing, that's what makes a really good consultant trainer speaker or 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 successful uh relationship oriented not uh far less transactional right much more uh, much quicker to invest in the ecosystem or the or the community and focused on trying to get inside kind of almost projecting themselves into the to the mind of the other person and really understanding you know how they feel and what they're Exactly. And, and now what I'm hearing you say is that's what is that's why you guys are at the top of your field in, in the architectural arena. That's exactly right. That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah, listening is the key, right? Understanding what they need, understanding what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, it 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 is the key to success, and it's unfortunately not something that they teach us in architecture school. Oh. Um, but mm. a lot of it is God given. A lot of it is training, um, and a lot of it is observation. 
um, and watching our predecessors and then also teaching that down to those who are going to be our successors. So where are you thinking about taking this thing? You and you and you and Courtney and crew, where are you going to take right. this thing? What's next? What is next? Um, we are looking at um, some emerging markets or emerging markets for CDH and really developing, going broader and deeper in the markets that we're in. Um, we, as I mentioned, uh, within the healthcare studio market sector, we we categorize them as studios. Um, it makes up about 60% of our revenue. And I mean, look around you. Um, as we are in the midst of a pandemic, the way in which the healthcare arena is modifying and changing mm. to accommodate that. Um, and I mean, lots of lessons learned there. And there was a tremendous loss of revenue for the healthcare industry during the height of the pandemic when all of this broke in 2020. They didn't know what to do. Their their hospitals were flooded with patients, and um, they couldn't. They had to redirect all of their assets, all of their resources, to deal with that. Yeah. Um, and now they've begun to find that balance. Um, I say that as Omicron begins to <laughs> to take its hold on our communities, um, but you know that really defined the direction that they were going to go. Um, so going broader and deeper within those, understanding what our clients need, how do we take our technical expertise and hire a consulting team that's going to support that mission um, to drive success, to make them, whether who, whoever them is, um, to, to have more ambition within their their revenue streams, um, that is also ours. We intend to grow. Uh, we are growing. We grew 15% last year. Oh, um, congratulations. Thank you. Um, not just in, in revenue, but also in staff. Um, we are strategically adding key members of our team and, and you know, Recruiting is difficult right now, um, but it's even more difficult when, when I talk to you about what we're looking for yeah. in key individuals. So we, we don't hire just anybody, but growth is where we want to take this. Um, we're looking for a 5 to 10% growth this year and um, then looking at different markets where that can occur. Um, you know, put a plug in. We're looking for a great interior designer um, okay. who can really begin to define our corporate environments. Um, you know, that is coming back. It's going to come back a little bit differently. Um, not sure if that's going to be larger square footages or, or smaller square footages, but it certainly is going to mean that we work differently in the future. Um, hopefully it doesn't mean that we're all in cubicles again, um, mm -hmm. because I sure do enjoy having an open office environment. <laughs> But it, it definitely means that um, the work environment is going to be different and more creative in itself. So you, you spoke to this a, a little while ago, uh, listening, how important that is. And uh, you strike me as an individual. Your organization strikes me as the type of, um, of uh, entity that would probably go to some lengths to get clients and even potential clients together in some fashion and just... Get their input. Get their uh, opinion. Have, have you had a chance to do a little bit of that in some fashion? And if so, what, what have you learned? From, I, the reason I'm asking, a reason I'm asking is I could see a hospital administrator and an assistant superintendent of a school system 
having some very similar ideas and, and maybe and maybe they could cross pollinate right yeah th- that's a great idea <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome i'll send you a bill <laughs> thanks appreciate that Stone. um we we haven't done that um as formally, uh, formally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we do that with every project um, because it seems like every time we start a new project, there's a new set of issues that we have to um, right. operate around opportunities within the design of that particular facility that we're looking at, um, whether that's a renovation <clears throat> or a new project. Um, but um, no, we have not looked at that across the board as far as bringing those individuals together. Well, I cheated a little bit. Those are two worlds that I have a little bit of uh, <laughs> on the periphery. My father was a, a, a school superintendent. Long, you know, oh. uh, for, for, for well, they voted him in and then they voted him out. But he, <laughs> but my mom and dad were in the, in the school system, and uh, so anyway, I just thought about hey, you know, as like if I bet if he had any or he or had any role in designing a new school. The so many of the considerations would not have even they would be thinking about a whole different set of things right now. Oh, they did. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, how large is a classroom? What's the mm. air changes um, to keep that that positive airflow through the classrooms? That came from healthcare, right? Uh-huh. So the the amount of air changes that a healthcare facility has to have to keep that air clean and ventilated and um, exhausted is now being um, input into the way schools are being designed within their mechanical systems. So again, that comes to those synergies between yeah. the, the market sectors. Um, and, and to your point, um, how, you know, the CDC has influenced the, the design of schools and OSHA as well. Well, you'll be delighted to know, I think, um, the space we're in, it's so it's so new. We've got the gym jammy, I don't know what to nice. call it, but you'll know what to call it, but the air scrubbing stuff Perfect. or whatever. And, and they did that just, you know, because they, you know, the, the, this thing's only like a year old. So yeah, absolutely. They, they, they built that out. Speaking of studios, uh, I've enjoyed having this one. We're, we're in a co-working space called the Innovation Spot. Uh, I mean, right in the heart of Woodstock, like a mile from downtown Woodstock. I walk here a lot because I live nice. on the edge of town. Uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a great space. I envision uh, the Innovation Spot uh, expanding like next door to the next building as well. And I love it. And, and um, one of our sponsors uh, gave us this, uh, this kind of wall that we're looking at. And it's got some of our community partners plastered uh, plastered on it. Um, and we have studios all over the country here in the network, and and I really love coming to this space. It's just to me, it's fun. You used the word studio earlier. What, what does studio mean in, in your world? Is it like a physical location for, or what is it? Well, so our um, the word studio in architecture actually comes from the the Bauhaus movement back in the the fifties, um, actually before then. But it is just a group of individuals who are focused on a particular, in our case, um, market type. Okay. So um, we have we do cluster our our team members in groups, um, but we also, as I mentioned, that open office environment have very low partitions, so everybody is really together. Oh, neat. Um, allows for that collaboration, but uh, for us, studio just specifically means that market focus. And and, and what are they again? You mentioned them at the top of yeah. the show, but uh, yeah, what are those 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 major areas? Here? So um, again, uh, health and wellness, which is okay. our healthcare facility, and that ranges anywhere from um, small medical offices to 
new towers. We're actually doing a replacement tower for Wellstar right now. Oh, fun. Uh, yeah, we're excited about that. Um, for our worship and community, it is everything from um, churches. So Mount Perrin Church of God, um, Apostles, Perimeter. We've done some work here in Woodstock. Um, and then also through community centers um, and actually working with some of the local municipalities. Um, education and research. Um, so we work with Kennesaw State University, Clayton State University, um, the local um, Cobb um, school system, Fulton, DeKalb, Atlanta Public. Um, but then also in the research area, Aerolessons, which is right down the road from here, um, yeah. did their new R&D facility and working with them right now on some warehousing space um, and some manufacturing area for them. And then um, Live Work. Uh, so Walton on the Chattahoochee did an apartment complex for them. Um, if you haven't been down there, it's beautiful. Um, do a lot of senior living facilities. Um, mm. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Wow, I bet yeah. that's that's not going anywhere, It right? is not going anywhere. Um, for a yeah. while there, it definitely um, slowed down but the because of the lending, but the lending is back and everybody's building right. again. <laughs> so. so before we wrap, I'd love to get some counsel, provide some, some counsel um, from you, if we could, on, in, on two fronts. And um, one is on... Um, any person, maybe particularly female, but I'm not going to re- confine the conversation to that, who has an eye toward um, growing into a role of, of, of this nature, one that has this kind of impact, one that's going to influence these kind of lives. Maybe they want to be an executive, a leader of some kind, and I don't know, maybe do's, don'ts, lessons learned, you know, or uh, any counts, because somewhere out there, whether it's today live or you know, they may hear this six months from now. You know, maybe if they heard a little something from, from this Melissa gal <laughs> who has accomplished so much and is getting a chance to play at this level. Any insight there on that front, maybe? Oh, wow. Um, I would say find a mentor. Uh, um, yeah. I, that was a, a really impactful move for me. Um, my mentor actually, uh, I had several over my career, and not all of them were in architecture. Um, of course, there, there yeah. was um, Bill Chegwooden, who was one of the founding partners of the company, who has made a tremendous impact on my career. Could not be here without him um, and give a big shout out to him, but also to my, my stepfather, Dennis Burnett, who was the CEO and president of a number of banks um, in our local area, um, and how he directed me. Um, from a non-architectural perspective to really understand business um, and to make some key decisions also was very impactful. But finding that mentor, that guide, um, I, I wish I had more female influence in my professional career growing through the industry. Um, yeah. It just wasn't set up that way. Um, but that's not the case today. There's so many talented strategic women out there that um that these young women could could go to and lean on right. um but also for the young men not to exclude them yeah we course. can use a little help i know the answer right go find a woman <laughs> they could give you something That's right. actually <laughs> <laughs> look you i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Bolly right. payton that's that. right um, but I, I do believe that that is key. Using your networks, I, I wish I had um, learned that earlier on or listened to that advice earlier on in my career. Um, 
and being not so humble um, as to accept help. Mm. Thank you. I'm glad I asked because yeah. I think that's marvelous counsel. And, and it's a good reminder for people like me who have been blessed to have some mentors. And I don't know that I really spent much energy uh, seeking out um, that kind of support last year. Yeah. And there's no reason I shouldn't continue to do that. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> I'm, I'm do it con- continuously every day. <laughs> uh, and then from the other side of the desk, um, ad- advice on for a client or, or a potential client. Sure. What can, what can we be doing so that we get the most out of our relationship? Well, I guess with any professional services provider, but particularly, you know, from somebody in your arenas, um, what could, what could we be doing? What, what could we do to, to get the most out of it and make it the richest experience possible? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, um, hey, you took me a minute to get it out, but I thought it was a fantastic <laughs> question. That is a fantastic <laughs> question. Um, I think it really boils down to coming with an open mind. Um, you know, bring your thoughts, your, your vision, your dreams for what that project will be. Um, just vocalize it. Um, but then also allow your architect or your designer to, to shape that. Mm-hmm. Um, it may not be what you thought it was going to be, but more often than not, you're going to be more pleased with the result. So allow the creatives to, to do what we do. <laughs> um, but, um, but just, you know, come with that open mind, that, that thought process uh, to really um, think differently. Um, that's what we're trained to do, um, but it's not always what uh, we get to do. What a fantastic way to launch our program for this year. Uh, Melissa Cantrell, President and CEO of CDH Partners, I cannot thank you enough for coming in and visiting with us. Uh, let's make sure, uh, before we leave here, that our, our listeners know uh, where they can where they can go learn more if they want to have sure. a conversation with maybe somebody on your team um, or you know, whatever you think is appropriate, the website, LinkedIn, yeah. email, whatever you think. Is, let's make sure we have a way for them to connect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, our website is very simple. It's cdhpartners.com. Um, that's the best way to learn more about us. Um, we'll have a website relaunch here in the next few weeks. So Court, Courtney's nodding her head and smiling. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. We're super excited about that. Um, and then you can also call me. Um, I'll give you my direct line. Oh, my. Um, 678-784-3481. Um, and you can reach out to me directly. I'd love to talk to you more about any projects you have, um, even help you with some thoughts and uh, lead you in the right direction, even if that does not mean that you end up working with CDH. Um, my main goal is to make sure that our clients um, and prospective clients are successful moving forward. What an absolute delight to have you in the, in the studio. Thank you so much for coming in. And my pleasure, Stone. Thank you so much. All right. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for our guest today and everyone here in the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Cherokee Business Radio. Mm-hmm.